here we are in September. Yeah. Not, even, not quite the middle of September. Yeah. The NHL training camps have not begun yet. No, we got a rookie tournament start this week. The NBA training camps are not even being thought about. No, no, that's not true. The Raptors are going to Victoria on the 24th or 5th of the month. That's through two weeks from now. Yeah. Two weeks before training camp starts, and you yeah, want to do a basketball right. segment. About what? About nothing. Nothing has happened. It, it, not a damn be, thing has happened. This, this could be, uh, Bob, in fact, this could be the Seinfeld edition uh, of, the, of the podcast. Well, I have no idea what that means. What, what, no, what, are we a Seinfeld fan? What, a show about nothing? Yeah. This will be a show about nothing. Because, why, why talk, are you, because you, you are going to talk about basketball. Mood. You are in an awful mood. What well, is I just this? don't understand this. I mean, you know, I love Matty D with a passion. Yeah, you're, but you're in a bad mood. And it's, you know, I mean, holy smokes. No. Stop being in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. Oh, you are. I don't know what the topic is. So I'm going to let you choose the topic. When we come back, John will reveal today's topic. It'll be with Matt Devlin back after these messages. Uh, this is Bob McCowan. I am, um, I'm here merely to introduce my friend, John Shannon, who was, wishes to introduce his friend, Matt Devlin, the voice of the Raptors, and the two of them would like to have a conversation. I'm just going to sit here and watch what goes on. So here's John Shannon. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to introduce the man who needs no introduction, Matt Devlin. Well, we caught Bob on a, um, actually probably a typical day. <laughs> Bob, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your delightful introduction. It's always good to be with you and see you. Speak to your friend. <laughs> okay, so so we leave me out of this. I don't. I don't we, know why we, he's all grumpy and everything. You know, Ohio no, State no, no. It, it's it's easier, to... Matt. It's easier to take note of the days when he's pleasant. I agree. I you know, agree. like like. Every second Wednesday in the even months, okay? Yeah. Every I mean, second Wednesday in the even months, that's the pleasant day, and then we the, can uh, go with it. So podcast, you and I will... You, you, the podcast is doing well. Sponsors are just calling every second of the day, and, and this is what we get. Well, and we're used to it, so it's okay. So you and I will discuss the fact that Kevin Durant has now finally made peace for now with uh, the Nets management. And, uh, and how much better does that make the Nets uh, when you consider what the Raptors have to go through? Well, I think the, you know, the biggest thing, and, and, and you just wonder by Kevin, you know, first saying that he wanted out and then secondly, talking about Sean Marks and, um, and Steve Nash uh, that, you know, he really wanted to pressure them into making a deal. But I think that what Brooklyn found out was that, you know, the market isn't what they thought. And you have to know and when you're in that situation, if you're Miami or Phoenix, which are two teams that were rumored, that if you do a deal for Kevin Durant and what they want in return, well, you're not going to have enough to go all the way, right? I mean, remember... This was a Brooklyn team with Kevin Durant last year, with Kyrie every now and again, and some injuries uh, that ultimately 
did not advance through the play-in. So uh, I think that they all kind of looked around the room and said, hey, this may be your best opportunity to win. Um, and let's give this a go. Or it's just a play to get to see where everything is at come the trade deadline. There is without question, uh, in my opinion, that he is one of the top players in the NBA. I think that everybody looked at the Rudy Gobert trade. So, oh, look at look at four first rounds and three pick swaps. And but but there wasn't, you know, there were really good players going back. But there wasn't a young superstar, at least up to this point, based upon the scouts that I've talked, you know, going the other direction. Mm-hmm. So I think that the market was set and then it reset. It's a little bit like the real estate market in Toronto right now. Right. And so, you know, you go to your front lawn and you take the sign and you you decide to bring it back inside <laughs> and you're going to wait a little bit see how things kind of settle in and then maybe put your for sale sign out front again. So I actually have two questions about the Nets because one of the things that really came into doubt um, uh, over the summertime was how good a coach Steve Nash really is because that seemed to be a real sticking point for Durant, didn't it? It did, but again, they have a relationship going back to Golden State I think it probably remember the statement that Kyrie said, like, ah, it doesn't really matter. We're all going to be coaches. Right. And, and that, you know, when I heard that, you're kind of like, eh. um, I think Steve was in a very difficult situation. Um, and I think he had a lot of moving parts and pieces. And I would imagine he's a better coach today than he was this time last year. And that, by the way, is fair. Right. I mean, look at Jason Kidd. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in Brooklyn, then he went to Milwaukee, and then he was back on the bench as an assistant. And now he's had success in Dallas, which is great to see. It takes time. And there's a reason why Nick Nurse is as good as he is as a head coach, because he spent 25 years coaching at the minor league level and understanding um, all the different adjustments that need to be made you know, throughout the course of a game. And, and you know, those 48 minutes can go by real quick. And in some situations, they can go by painstakingly slow. But I have no doubt that Steve Nash is a good coach. Um, and I think that you get better. And, and look at it. Let's think of him as a player. He got better as he went along. He's a Hall of mm-hmm. Famer. He's an MVP. There's not one person that drafted him that said, oh, he's going to be a two-time MVP. He's going to be a Hall of Fame player. And so that tells you the character of Steve Nash. It speaks to his level of competitiveness that we know he has. And I have no doubt, uh, again, that, you know, he'll be a very successful coach in this league. But not, not, but not many great players. I think, and I, in many ways, this is true in every sport. Not many great players have the tolerance to coach, uh, have because because the game looks easier to them. It, it 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 plays in front of them differently than it does for the regular Joe. Right, and well, was, you're right. You know that that's the part. That's the part I think that. When a guy like Nash, who you know didn't want to sit on the end of a bench and his assistant make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, 
rather than waiting for that one position where, okay, I can be the head coach for a couple of million. Yeah, well, more than that. And, you know, assistants today are, you know, making, you know, significantly more than, than you know, they were in the past. I, I, you know, there's that old line and the old saying, those that can, can't when it comes to teaching and those that can't, can, right? And so, you know, we, we talk about this in baseball and you look at managers and their success and, you know, because as a certain, you know, as a player that can, Ted Williams failed as a manager, um, as we know with the senators. And, and I think that, you know, he, you know, because some of the things, how do you share that? How do you have a conversation about that? Right. And those that can't sometimes spend a lot of time analyzing everything. And, uh, when you look at, uh, the NBA and the high, wh- who I consider to be kind of on that Mount Rushmore, Pat Riley and Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, both played in the NBA, um, and had really good careers, but yet they, they weren't superstars. Right. And right. we could talk right. about the NFL the same way we could talk about the NHL. Uh, uh, that's my way. point. Yeah. And, and so it is, it is interesting. And I think that the players, the ex players that really open themselves up. And I think Steve is one of those players, you know, that takes a look at everything um, because he made himself into the superstar. He wasn't the AAU superstar. He went to Santa Clara. He didn't go to Kansas or Kentucky. Um, and so or Duke. Uh, so to me, um, I think that dedication based upon who he is, I think it will be there and you d- you just get better. But um, it, it also is, you know, players, great players want to be coached, right? They do. Um, but they know, can you put them in a situation to succeed, right? And they want mm-hmm. a situation to succeed. They don't want to be embarrassed. And, you know, those are things that hold true across all four major sports. Um, And players know, I've always said this, it doesn't matter if it's on your 10-year-old team or 12-year-old team or 15-year-olds or whatever, they know who can coach and who can't. Um, They know, you know, adjustments that are made. It's one thing to walk into a room and yell and scream and whatever like that. And, um, but the reality of it is, is, you know, do you have the necessary adjustments to make, right, to um, really, you know, make a difference, you know, when it comes to putting your team in a situation mm-hmm. to succeed? I think Steve Nash has that. Yeah. Well, last question <laughs> about the Nets. And by the way, welcome to the John Shannon podcast with my guest, Matt Devlin. I'm, I'm listening up. to this nonsense and I'm, I'm just waiting for my opportunity to tell it. No, like you'll it have to wait your turn. Fine. I'll wait. Okay. So my last question about the nets, uh, like what do we expect out of Ben Simmons this year? Well, really? That's hmm. a great question. That's it why is. they come to the John Shannon podcast is for great Absolutely. questions. And it's why Bob, you know, has yet to say anything. I, I, um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, it is a great question. 
he is a all-star. We know that. Um, there really then becomes, to me, legacy questions. Kobe, Magic, Bird, certainly LeBron, Michael, they understood not it's not just about being an all-star and you know there's championships and legacy and and he has all of that um but you can't put him in you can't put him in a sentence with those guys i'm not putting him in a sentence i'm saying he has the physical tools okay. right and you've been a two time or more than that all-star and and you've been but yet here you are you haven't played you've had some injuries, all these other different things, you know, have you worked on your game? Have you worked on the three or are you that stubborn where that isn't the situation? And, you know, the word is, you know, he feels he's Magic Johnson and he wants a team kind of wrapped around him playing, you know, up-tempo and him delivering and all that. But as we know today, you know, you know, the game was played differently then, right? And that you will have to every now and again pull up and knock down a shot. And so um, it's, I, I don't know what I, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if he's an all-star again. And it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he played some games and didn't play other games, right? Yeah. The other the, the other guy that we, we, we haven't touched on uh, that ch might change the complexion of the East too is Donovan Mitchell. Who's now in Cleveland? Now in Cleveland, how good how good can the Cavaliers be, and Very. what kind of factor are are they for the Raptors? They're a factor. Um, Raptors won forty eight games last year, and I consider them to be a top five team in the Eastern Conference. The East got better with Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland. You have Cleveland, you know, I, I you know certainly you know Miami you know, is in the mix. We know Philadelphia, we know Boston, you know, Toronto is there. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Atlanta, right? Um, you haven't mentioned New York. Um, and and so it's, it's interesting to see kind of, we haven't even mentioned Milwaukee for that matter. Right. And so you have, you know, it, it's a really good conference. And, and I think, we saw this a little bit last year, John, where the depth is greater in the East than in, in the West. And, and I'm talking from a parity standpoint, right? Not from the top end. We understand Golden State and you understand Phoenix where they are. You know, Utah's headed in a different direction. The Lakers be interesting to see what happens. The Clippers, can they be healthy? Um, and then Memphis. Uh, so I, I think you know, it's going to be really intriguing. And, and I didn't even mention Minnesota, right? So there's a lot of teams that are right there. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to to watch this season. But how, so, how, but, so how does that, but how does it change the way the Cavs play the game? Well, you know, I, mean, I what does Mitchell do? What are, what are Mitchell? Well, we, in fact, he played in the Western Conference. We don't, we didn't see them that much. Yeah, well, he he's a superstar. And he can take over a game and, and, and he is somebody that can get to the brim. He can pull up and shoot. He can distribute, he can do it all. And he has that, I think, persona of, 
you know, late game situation, been there, done it. I can get things done. Now you, you add in Jared Allen and Mobley um, and, you know, you look around and you, you, you see, you know, the other players that they have there. I think they're going to be extremely difficult to deal with. The wing situation there is going to be interesting to see how that kind of develops, but they got out to a great start last year. I think it gave a lot of players on that team and, an, a, you know, a bundle of confidence. And now you walk, you know, you walk back into that locker room and you look around, you go, well, we got, we got Mitchell. Like, yeah, we can get something done here. Are they better than the Raptors? Be interesting to see. You know, it's a good question. I, I, you know, I always hate to say in September, like, who's this at the other? I mean, you think I think about the Toronto Raptors and the known that they have and how good they're going to be based upon the fact that we know how good they are from a development standpoint. You got Fred, you have Gary, uh, OG being healthy to me is the key in all of this. Played 41 games last year. We've talked about it before, 31 and 17 with him there. Um, you know, Pascal, what do you do kind of at that five position? Um, so, you know, to me, it's another year of growth. Um, and it'll be intriguing to see kind of how all this unfolds. I like their offseason signings. I think that uh, they're good. Um, Otto Porter is and that vet, you know, to me, that's important to have. And so I, I like I like where they're trending. We uh, welcome back. to the John Shannon. Welcome, uh, welcome to the John Shannon podcast. Yeah, that's right. Here's my uh, co-host, Krabby Bob. Go, yeah, Krabby Bob. It's been nothing but boring. So let's get to the, the meat and potatoes here. Let's talk about the New Jersey Nets. I don't know why anybody thinks that this Brooklyn, team or the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, or the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I, I have no, <laughs> no idea why anybody thinks these guys are any good and can be any good. They have three key players, all of whom are problematic. Every one of them. You think they're? You think Durant's problematic? Of course I do. There's a guy who called for his coach and his general manager to be fired if he was going to stay. You don't think think that's problematic? I think that had more to do with trying to get out. Well, Um, whatever it had to do with, that's not the kind of thing you do. If you have any integrity whatsoever, you don't do that kind of stuff. This is a guy, this is a guy who signed a contract with a team, sat out the first year because he was hurt, and now tries to bail on them, tries to walk away. Because it isn't what he signed up for. Or he well, what did promised. he sign up for? What did he think he was going to get with the Nets? Well, here's this the has thing. been an incompetent organization since the beginning of time. And did he think he was going to fix it? Did he think Kyrie was going to be the wonder child? And, and, and now do they think that this guy they're going to br- they brought in from Philadelphia, Simmons, is going to be any better? This guy's as problematic in the, between the ears as well as on the court. That nobody wants him. Except... Brooklyn, they have, they have problems from top to bottom. Their coach is not the answer. Their coach is an indeterminate thing. We don't know if he's any good or whether he's no good. And I, I give him credit for trying to put up with these three numbskulls, but I don't know if he can coach or not. There's no evidence to support the theory. These guys barely made it into the playoffs last year. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> You're getting fired up. And may not make it into the playoffs this year. This team is a mess. And the fact that they didn't trade Durant only demonstrates more of that. 
They should have dealt him if they could, but they didn't. But, 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 but no, I, and I, th- I, think the, you, I think the key word you said there, Bob, if they could, they couldn't. I mean, listen, we all know even now. Well, we don't Steph know Curry's, what the deals are. We just well, assume no, they even, didn't even, like them. What they were well, talking the, about, what they were asking for was. Are you giving 50 cents ridiculous. on the dollar? I'm are sorry. You, are, you, are you giving 50 cents on the dollar? For, well, what's for the Kevin dollar Durant? worth? Tell me what the dollar's worth. I think the dollar's only worth 50 cents. No, I mean, Durant's a better player than 50 cents on the dollar. He well, is. But you aren't telling me what the, what the offers were. You aren't telling me what they wanted and what they well, turned we, down. We, we do know, and it is surprising, but we do know that Jalen Brown was a player that it did leak out that the Boston Celtics offered up. And to me, that's going to be really intriguing to watch with respect to the Celtics coming into the season. And he responded to that on social media. And and if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, if you're turning down a player of that caliber, it, it goes back to really what both of you are talking about. What are you looking for if you're Brooklyn? Because you have a young star, multiple-time all-star, uh, that when you project out um, is a player that <laughs> – you're, you're getting Kevin Durant, or, you know, I mean, look at arguably best player in the game, uh, but you're going to get Jalen Brown plus first round picks. I mean, uh, with a player that wants out of town. But and all that says, Matty, I think that, that Brock, I think Brooklyn expected more. I don't know that you're getting more because right. in today's day and age, to reach that number financially, to give up everything, as we know, you, you break down these contracts today. And it's uh, I've said this about Oklahoma City. They they didn't have a bad contract, so they couldn't do any deals because you can't do deals if you don't have guys under contract. And so they had to pay Lou Dort. They deserve, you know, he deserved the money that they paid. They had the, you know, team option for next year at like 1.9. It was ridiculous. I mean, I'm so happy for Lou Dort in Oklahoma City to sign a big deal, but now he's got a big deal. Shea's got a big deal. I'm just using OKC as an example, as they should. And now you need to add some of that because those are the sort of deals, if you're looking down the line to make a move, you need money to trade for money. That's just the way it is in the NBA. And the reality of it is, um, I don't know what else Brooklyn was thinking. Kevin Durant, by the way, Kevin Durant, Surrounded by the right people, and I've said this, it's the same thing with LeBron, right? At, you are going to the NBA Finals. And and I think you look around Brooklyn and you say to yourself, hey, t- team wasn't healthy, had issue, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? If you traded for Kevin Durant, based upon what you heard that they wanted, you would be back in the same sort of situation Brooklyn was in. It's like Kevin Durant and some guys instead of Kevin Durant with Jimmy Butler. And what is Brooklyn left with? At the end of the day, where is Brooklyn? Brooklyn is exactly where they were at the end of last season, which is like an 11th place team, barely into the playoffs. That's where they are. Well, the only thing thing different this year, Bob, could be the fact that Kyrie might be able to play 82 games. Well, if he wants to, but, but Kyrie's a head case too. And Simmons well, is a head case, and he may be a physical problem too. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Here's the thing about Kevin Durant. I, I he loves to play, and and I. I mean, what do I? I Why did he go after his coach and his general manager? Because I think he wanted out. I think that was just. Why did he want out? 
because he looked around and I think he said to himself, geez, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Right, exactly. And why does everybody else think it actually will be something? When Kevin Durant himself wanted out, Kyrie wanted out too. Don't forget. Their two best players wanted to, wanted out, and the guy they went and got to support them in the run for the playoffs never played a minute and doesn't look like he's really inclined to play or maybe can't play. you got to look at this thing from the top down. This is a mess. This is a mess that Durant wanted out of. He's not going to be able to get out of. Kyrie well, will not be able to get out of it. And I think, I think this Kevin, team is going to, to implode. And the coach is going to get fired before the year is out. Well, I think that Kevin Durant, depending <laughs> on how they play, could end up being dealt. We'll see how all this plays out. I don't know. But I do think, is there a team out there that you get to the point where you look around and you say, okay, um, we need to go in a different direction and we need to trade Kevin Durant. And, you know, Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the game. And look at what just came out. Steph Curry, they had a long conversation about trying to bring him back to mm -hmm. Golden State, right? There's a reason why. Um, because he is one of the best players in the game, period. So, Well, you're entitled to that opinion. Um, I think this team will miss the playoffs, and I think this team will be disbanded before the year is out. I don't know how you can disband it. That's the problem with all these. In, like, to Matt's point, I don't know how you, how you can tear well, They'll make down. a trade, just like they made a trade. They tried to make a trade during the offseason. That they couldn't make. Durant will play for a while. They'll lose. They'll be pathetic. He'll complain, start bitching again, and eventually they'll do what they should have done during the offseason, and that's trade him. And in the midst of all that, the coach is probably going to get fired. The general manager might get fired. And who the hell knows with Kyrie? Um, make no mistake, this is a mess, a huge mess. It is, it's not just three great players playing together. It's three great players who all have problems, and a head coach who may or may not have any idea what he's doing. And we don't know the answer to that. we got to take the break. We'll come back with more. Matt Devlin is with us back after and these. And Krabby Bob, and Krabby Bob is here too. All right, McCown, Shannon, Devlin, back with you. You were talking a bit about the Toronto Raptors off the top. Um, you don't sound particularly optimistic, Mr. Devlin. About uh, what? About the Raptors. Oh, I'm optimistic about the Raptors. What do you mean? What do you, oh, are you? The, the East is just tough, Bob. The East, the East, and it's getting so, tougher. Yeah, I, I think, and I mentioned this, the depth is unbelievable. The parity in the East, unbelievable. When you think of the Raptors last year, I, I've mentioned this before. I talk about it quite often. You know, the Raptors last year coming off of Tampa, you win 48. Everybody, remember, whatever people say about them, they will be better. We know that. I mean, they, because we follow it on a daily basis, you know they will. But there were two games last year that stand out at Phoenix on a Friday night, at Denver on a Saturday. Fred didn't play in the second game. Raptors took both games. 
Denver and Phoenix, two of the best teams in the Western Conference, took both games. The East is going to be tough. We mentioned Milwaukee. You mentioned Boston. Be interesting because they got stuff going on. You talked about Brooklyn already. Talk about Cleveland. Now, all of a sudden, you got Miami in the mix. Or not, you know, have it, but I'm just adding Miami into the mix. You have the Toronto Raptors in the mix, in my opinion. Haven't even talked about you know, New York, you're not going to talk about Washington, let's say Atlanta, haven't even mentioned Atlanta, Orlando's still in their, you know, you know, long rebuild. And so you start looking around, haven't even mentioned Indiana in the rebuild, haven't even talked about Chicago and DeMar and the team that like you start thinking about the top seven teams in the East and you could build a case for those seven to be within the top three of the East. Well, why do you, but why do you think that the Raptors are in that group? Because, because I think, they were last year. Yeah. I think that they are because I think Pascal knows who he is and knows what, he, you know, I mean, he's taken that next step. We know Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, in his first full season with the Raptors, he was extremely uh, impressive, impressive. I, mm-hmm. I love the pickup of Josh Jackson, as well as um, Otto Porter Jr. From a veteran standpoint, the development that Josh Jackson, who was a you know first round draft choice, said it just you know didn't. And and I say this all the time: Raptors have the best development model in the NBA. We could talk about Miami as well, and you you know you could talk about San Antonio. But if you look around teams and and everything with respect to lottery picks not all of them get into great situations not all of them cuz remember you're a lottery pick but Scotty Barnes you know who is rookie of the year you add him in the mix right and another year of development i've seen some video on his shooting you know talk to a few people about like he's going to make that next Step. So now all of a sudden you kind of go, okay, Scotty, Pascal, OG across the front, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I tell you what, it, it's impressive. And to me, I mentioned this earlier 31 and 17 when OG played. If, if OG can stay healthy, play 70 games, watch out because the Raptors defend. And I remember having this conversation with Nick Nurse. He said, you know, before I was known as a um, offensive coach, I was a defensive coach. Right. And but you have to coach both sides. Right. And he can. um, And he finds way to put his players in a situation um, to succeed. Uh, He's one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NBA. And to me, you know, they're going to be in the mix. They will so you don't think mix. this team needs a backup point guard? You think no, it's okay a, to have Siakam or Barnes or somebody else bring the ball up? A hundred percent, because that's their style of play. We see it more and more in today's day and age, uh, where and and again, this gets into you know philosophical about how you want to play. Number one, I'll make this statement: since 2019, the way the Raptors played defensively, as you would expect, everybody now is playing, showing different looks constantly uh, throughout the course of the game. And now in today's day and age, yes, why wait? You get the rebound. Why wait? Get it and go. 
right? And possessions in the NBA, Bob and John, are way up. You know, you're talking about 180 combined possessions a game. Mm-hmm. And the pace of play, you know, the seven seconds or less in Phoenix would be, you know, 28, 29, or 30 uh, in the league right now. And there's so many different reasons why. But you take a look at the number of threes taken a game, which can vary between 75 to 90, right? Long shot, long rebound. Why get that long rebound and sit around and wait for the D to set up? Why not get it and go? And so if you get it at the foul line, go and get into your offense and try to get early offense. Why do you want to go against a set defense, right? So I am totally fine with that. Um, and I think that uh, Scotty handling, uh, you'll see more. Um, Pascal, obviously, we know already. You got Fred that can play off the ball uh, and shoot it. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, they have five players that I just mentioned, you know, that can all handle and go and, and shoot it and um, get to the rim. So, yeah, I'm good with Are it. they good enough hey, to win a championship? Um. As constituted right now, I would say that they're probably um, a player way, but I think there's a lot of teams that could say that. And I'm just saying that from a realistic standpoint, but they have championship residue. They, you know, it's the old Rudy T, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, does this team have the ability to get to the Eastern Conference finals? Yeah, I think they could. And, And once you get there, who, who am I to say, oh, yeah, that's never going to happen or this won't happen or that won't happen. You know, we have 82 games to kind of play this whole thing out. Um, and I and I just, you know, Scotty uh, taking the next step. Um, Pascal, Fred, you know what you're going to get. You know, OG, you know, can he play 70? If he plays 70, watch out. Gary Trent Jr., um, you know, somebody that is just totally embraced, you know, that two-way game. Um, so, and then the additions on the bench, which I like, um, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, watching these guys play. Would you, would, would you have traded Barnes for Durant? No. Why? Well, Scotty's 20 to, you know, turning 21 or maybe. I know how old 20. he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think that it. Do you think stage, they have a chance to win a championship with Durant on this roster minus Barnes? Well, it depends on, because here's the thing you know, Bob, and you know this, that you couldn't have just traded Scotty because oh. of the finances of the deal, right? It had would have had to have included other players to get the money uh, to be within a certain percentage of- I understand. I think everybody understands so, that, but, yeah, but so, that, that so was the, the hard, argument. Yeah, right. So, but, so to say, oh yeah, we can include all of these things. And then, no, I, because I think, you know, I, you know, I think that Again, it's it's the case that I made before. What you find out, Brooklyn, is that, yes, there are deals to be made out there. They just might not be the deal that you think, right? And I think I think Utah found that out with with uh, Donovan Mitchell as mm-hmm. well, right? So um as as did Minnesota with Rudy Gobert. So, you know, to me, the picks, give up as many picks as you want. Like that doesn't matter. Like, you know, especially with, you know, if you're okay, we're going to win now mode, but you know, for me, I can totally see Masai and Bobby saying, Hey, let's take another year. Right. 
and let's see how all this is going to play out. And who's to say next summer, right? Depending upon how things go, certain places, certain teams, you know, and again, that could be a Kevin Durant, you know, what ultimately, you know, is there on the table. But, you know, Scotty Barnes, you know, Messiah always said, you know, you have to be lucky. Well, what is lucky? You move up from seven to four in the lottery, but then you have to do your work. And, you know, we've mentioned this so many different times and had these conversations, but the Raptors are really good at what they do. And, and their scouting department is really good. They're really good. So, so I, I actually, you bring up a, a, a good question about Barnes. What yeah. does Barnes have to do this? I mean, there, there's, a, there's a real assumption in all this that Barnes will continue to grow. That you saw the growth from the beginning of last season to the to the point in the playoffs and and you know th- that injury that he sustained. What what does he have to do from a growth perspective, in your opinion? What does he have to do on the court to make that, that next step? Well, number one, continue to do what you're doing defensively because that sequence that I mentioned, or scenario of two games at Phoenix at Denver, he held the reigning MVP, two-time MVP, and Nikola Jokic to zero points in the fourth quarter. He guarded him in the fourth, held him to zero points. He can guard multiple positions. Now, from an offensive standpoint, it's a known. Everybody has talked about it, right, his shooting. Um, And can that be consistent? Because he can pass and he can run. And he can get to the rim and you put him in the high post and he could, he could pick you apart, but what will really pick you apart. And we saw the growth with him throughout the course of the season. And that was his ability to make a 15 foot shot, right? They're going to play off him. Can you make 15, 17? Now, can you stretch it out and knock down some of those threes? And if you can do that, watch out. The sky's the limit. Well, we will see because the rest of the NBA will now pay greater attention to him as well. Yeah, that, that's that's the key. I think that's a big key, Bob. Which is I really fine. Do. Go, go ahead because you got Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. Like that, when you think about that, those five, and now, hey, you have some guys coming off the bat. Like, you know, uh, you know. You have some guys coming off the bench, but you had guys players. coming off the bench last year who didn't do anything. And you have, you, 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 they you've added it. really two guys, uh, maybe. Off the bench. Well, Otto Porter Jr. Now, well, that's what I mean. Third, you added Otto got, Porter Jr. Yeah, which is which is important. And let's see what Josh Jackson does, right? And let's see, you know, the growth, you know, again of you know Delano Banton and some of the other younger players. I did see a lot of time last year. So, you know, you know, Coloco, I'm I'm intrigued to watch him, uh, who is a second round pick. You think Flynn's? You think this is Flynn's make or break year? Um, I think I think that you, you could that would be fair. I, make or break, you know. He doesn't. Play, either way, he doesn't play enough to make a difference. No, no. But the the key, yeah. the only reason I think of Flynn guys is is because I, I think we would all be in agreement that the one place they really need to improve is they need a better three point shooter. They they need somebody from outside the arc to be able to put the ball in the basket. Or as Bob would say, the biscuit in the basket. Yeah. Well, an auto porter can do that. Um, 
and you know has been known to do that so and and i think malachi will take that next step and and um again the internal growth that the raptors have you know people talk about it very few do it mm-hmm. right raptors do it and that's the culture um that's why they're impressive um, and I'm not just saying I've been in this league since 1999. I've called games for teams since 2001. Um, their internal growth—they talk about it, but it gets done. But and, but but there's a patience. There's a patience that can exist with the Raptors, in my opinion, based on two things: one, the championship in 2019, that buys everybody a little more time, and how this team had to endure during the pandemic. Yeah. So everybody's everybody's given them the benefit of the doubt. Everybody's given them more time and space. And this this year to me is a really crucial year in that growth. Don't you think? Well, I'll say this, that you mentioned patience. It's interesting because I think that Masai Ujiri showed an immense amount of patience. He took over an organization. He kept Dwayne Casey he allowed things to play out with Kyle and DeMar, right? And then, you know, got to the point where he felt to take that next step, a couple of moves had to be made, and, and he did that, right? Mm-hmm. The question is, do you feel today that they're in that spot where you make a move, you know, to bring in, you know, another player? I The, the patient – and then here's the interesting thing – this speaks to Nick Nurse, and you guys know I'm a huge fan of Nick. Um, you know, over the course of 82 games, the Raptors do players do grow, do get better. You saw that even in the the run to the NBA Finals over the two months, with respect to Fred Van Vliet stretching out his three pointer. And I'll never forget in that championship run. You earlier, Bob, talked about, you know, Pascal handling, right? Rebound, go. We know that's what Nick wants. But at that point, it wasn't polished yet, right? Where Pascal gets a rebound and go. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, leading the break, a ball would end up in the, you know, out of bounds or he'd dribble off of his foot or whatever. And, And I remember being out on the West Coast and it was a true off day. Not that they weren't playing, but they weren't going to practice. Second day of a back-to-back. And so the next day, Nick and I go grab a coffee, and we're just sitting around, you know, you spend the day talking basketball and the history of the game. And, and you know, we talked about Pascal. And, you know, he mentioned to me, yeah, because I asked him, I said, you know, how much longer do you allow a young player like that? Well, he said, well, look, we're going to allow him to continue to do that because I believe, you know, Number one, there's a support group around him with respect to showing him what to do, right, and working on your game. But then he said, look, I think, yes, it's November, December, but he's going to be better. And ultimately, the team's going to be better in April, right, if if sure. we continue to do this. And so that's internal patience that they have. And then when you look at uh, the other piece to this – would be um it was in february and Kawhi was playing in the game as was kyle and it was against phoenix and the play call to win the game was pascal siakam out top break down your player get to the rim 
and he wins the game. And then after that, Pascal just took off. And so it was just this building of it. Then here's the opportunity. He wins the game. And so there's that too. And the Raptors have that. They have the foundation. They have the history of the growth. Um, Players get better. You have the right leaders in the room. Fred Van Vliet, he was a leader in 2019. He's a leader in 2022. He'll be a leader in 2023 and 2024. And so you have all of that and the team will be better um, because that's what they do. Um, And then ultimately, you know, Masai and Bobby will decide, okay, you know, what are, you know, some pieces that we, you know, want to add. And there's, to your point, there's been no other team over the course of the last two seasons that have dealt with the issues that Raptors have dealt with. Because remember this past year, and Nick alluded to this, that last year, last season was maybe the most difficult because at least the bubble, hey, everybody, you know, you're in the bubble, right? And there's a rhythm to it. Tampa, there's at least you can get into some sort of rhythm. You know, this past season, as we know, you know, the the um, team played in front of 50%, played in front of zero capacity, full capacity. You would play on a Monday night or a Tuesday night, you know, in the U.S., full capacity, come home and play in front of no one. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, where's your home court advantage, right? Best fans in the NBA. And, and so there, there was a lot going on and through all of that, you know, they got after it and won, you know, nearly 50 games. Impressive. Mm -hmm. Well, we will see. Um, I still think um, the lack of a point guard is an issue. Uh, Everybody talks about Trent Jr. Everybody wants Trent Jr. to be the sixth man. He's not. And he won't be, I don't think, the sixth man. And I would, I'd prefer him in the starting lineup. And bigs are an issue. Um, the kid is not the the kid they drafted is not going to be a, con- a serious contributor uh, in the first year. I don't think anybody has any question about that. And the guys that they have are interesting, and some nights okay, but overall. You got to work around it. And that's what Nick Nurse has been able to do is to work around it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see whether he can uh, fashion that kind of magic against, as you both have stated, competition that is tougher than it has been. Um, almost up and down the Eastern Conference and certainly at the top. What I don't think is that Brooklyn is going to be among those teams at the top that'll, that'll give them any problems. We kind of gathered that, Krabby Bob. Yeah. Uh, we got to get out of here. Maddie, thank you, pal. We didn't even have a chance to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I mean, you no, know, it saved that. Maybe that's why he's crabby. And why? not even impressive. Notre Dame, the Notre Dame win now after losing to Marshall doesn't. Look. Then you played Arkansas State. You have Toledo. This weekend, I mean, <laughs> God. It, it's cupcake. It's cupcake city until you see. I think it's Wisconsin, right? Uh, well, that's, that's how you. And not, that's Matt, nothing. Then Matt. you got Rutgers. You're not, and then you got Michigan State, and then you <laughs> got got the what the Iowa. That's Hawkeyes how you get to the national that. championship. Oh, you see, I know it. We, 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 I, oh, I knew stop this with was, that. I knew that getting to the Iowa Hawkeyes at some point, big boy. Go Hawks. <laughs>
they lost, they, they lost a bad one on Saturday. I'll I'll bring my Buckeyes helmet a hat the next time you're on. Okay, just just so you feel at home. Go Hawks! One of the best <laughs> college towns in the U.S. Oh, okay. We're gonna go. It's we're gonna bad go enough. I got to deal with Morosi every couple of weeks. Now I got to deal with you with college football. Well, there's only 29 teams in the Big Ten anyway, can, so it's okay. Can we get somebody from Alabama on so at least we can have a con a real conversation? Okay, a we real go conversation. Oh, they almost you know that the Ohio State Buckeye um, revenue and budget. The budget for their athletic department is well over a hundred million a year. I mean, if you can't win, as well, that, it should be. Yeah. Well, it, well, it should be. No, it's not a bad, not a bad point by you. Well, go Hawks. So long as they don't take any of that money for those uh, damn students. Uh, we got to go. Hell, when are we going to talk about that, Bob? Soon. Adios, pal. Take care, Matt Devlin. We'll come back and wrap it after these messages. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks to Matty D for uh, joining us on the program. Are you happy now? No, I'm not happy. I that was that was a, that was great content. I mean, unbelievable content. Well, it didn't get to be great content until I jumped in and 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 cleared oh, yeah. everything. And up. then all you did that's what all happened. you did was we're never going to be allowed to go to Brooklyn. You know, people in Brooklyn who used I to love us care less about Brooklyn. Have you ever been to Brooklyn? Sure, I've been to Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. Yeah. It's okay. It's, are you kidding me, Brooklyn? I liked it better when the Dodgers were there, but. Yeah. <laughs> Best restaurant, best steakhouse in the world in Brooklyn. Which one was that? Best Peter Luger's. Oh yeah, Peter Luger's. Oh, it's pretty good. Legendary. Oh. It can't be the best. There's no such thing as the best steakhouse. There oh, no. is Peter no Luger. such animal. Peter Luger's best, best steakhouse, steakhouse anywhere. Anywhere. Better than anyone in Toronto. Yes. Okay, I'll remind you of that the next time you want to go for steak somewhere in Toronto. And I'm going to grab the owner, bring him over to the table and say, John likes this place okay. So when you take take me to Barbarians, when you take me to Barbarians, we'll... Oh, you want want me to bring Aaron over to the table? We we can sit and have a discussion with You want me to bring Aaron over to the table? And he will agree with us that Peter Luger's is good. I didn't say it wasn't good. You said it was the best. It's the in- best. Peter Lugers. Well, I'll take you to look Castile then, too. You don't think that's you, good? Oh, do, do, uh, I've never been. I've told oh, you this. Never I've been? never been. No, I've oh, never really? Been what, have you been to two steakhouses in your entire life? Well, that explains why you well, think uh, one of them is the best. Hold on. Be- because I haven't gone to one steakhouse, that means I haven't gone to any? That's correct. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Uh, you can't you can't make the assessment <laughs> but, <laughs> that it's the best that, when you haven't been to all I, I, would, of I, I gotta tell you that's a that's an assessment that uh, you know guys at Marilago would make you know and of I course mean? I and I and other knowledgeable people would never make the assessment that one place is the best in oh. North America oh but you would you you're happy to say that the Brooklyn Nets will make the playoffs oh that I know for sure okay all right that's not even a question I'm no, not even going to listen to any argument about that. Okay. We got to go. That's a franchise that needs to be reborn or just destroyed entirely. I tell you what, let's move them to New Jersey. That way you can get the name right. Yeah, they've been there. Yeah, at least I get the name right. We got to go. Again, thanks to Matty D. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.